Bread aisle, are you ready to rock? Dave's Killer Bread is the country's number one organic bread for a reason. Always delivering killer taste, killer texture, and killer nutrition. This isn't bread. This is bread amplified. Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Hello, Cleveland, and welcome back to another edition of the Dogland Podcast. I am your host, Jackson McCurry, and rolling with me on this one is the Dogland's draft analyst, Alex Hale, who is joining me for a special 2023 draft discussion before the college season kicks off this coming weekend. Alex, how are you, my friend? Oh, man. Uh, just starting to get into all this uh, draft stuff uh, for this year. I know just started digging into it in the last week, uh, starting to look into some of the top guys. I mean, obviously the Browns are not going to be in the first round, but, you know, starting to hear some of the early rumors of, going on and i'm starting to wonder why do we do this shit for a year so <laughs> it takes we'll see what's going on but uh it's it's one of, i will say this is before we get into it if you guys didn't want deshaun watson you probably should have waited until this year to draft a quarterback just saying yeah because there are like four or five in the first round already We'll talk about Malik that in a little bit, but um, Malik Willis last year. Yeah, hey, I was a Malik guy too. But um, speaking of quarterbacks, let's get into some of the Browns news that have taken place. Obviously, the roster cuts happened. Everything we didn't do an episode on that. We <laughs> might do another one this weekend. Hopefully, if I have time, Jokey has time. But there was two interesting quarterback moves that the Browns made. They made one waiver claim, which they did put claims in for other guys, but because of where they're at in the pecking order. They didn't get them, but they did get one former Vikings quarterback in 2021 third round pick Kellen Mond. They claimed him off waivers, which was interesting yep. because I think it was Monday. It would have been Mo Monday or Tuesday. I forget what day it was. Stefanski said that they were going to look to add a developmental guy to the practice squad. Well, Mond is on the active roster. And um, so he's there and then on Wednesday, Thursday, I'm getting my days all screwed up. They signed Josh Rosen back to the practice squad. So the, the Browns currently have four quarterbacks in the, in the building right now. Obviously Deshaun Watson's out with yep. the suspension. Um, it's very interesting. I don't know what they're doing. My theory is the more that I've thought about it and was talking with people, maybe they're covering their asses on the, on the, the, the situation that Deshaun does not follow the requirements of his suspension with the counseling and the treatment and everything. And they're in a situation where they need extra arms just in case injuries happen, whatever. So Alex, what did you think of Kellen coming out of A&M? What do you think he brings to the quarterback room? And what do you think of this whole situation currently? I think, I think he was a winner at A&M. He turned that program around. He was the first piece to start really doing that. Uh, he was very effective in their system, a good leader, uh, decent mobility, not the greatest arm, had good accuracy at AM, has had struggles adjusting to NFL. I don't know where that problem lies. Probably a speed of the game thing. So 
I always had around a third round grade on him. He was one of my more favorite quarterbacks in the middle rounds because that was the year Baker had sucked and we weren't sure. And I'm like, I wouldn't mind adding a Kellen Mond to this equation to put some pressure on him. He's a guy that can do rollouts. He's a guy that can throw the shorts, intermediate throws, some deep balls as well. I just don't know where the problem was in Minnesota. It The first year, I don't know if it was just a coach that didn't believe in him in Mike Zimmer and Gary Kubiak and those guys. And by the time O'Connell got there, I don't know what kind of system O'Connell's running, but if it's anything like the Rams, that's not a fit for him. No, uh, and I think that's he, why they moved he on. Need, and I think that's why, too. I, he needs a more West Coast zone-type scheme that allows him to do those things. I think he fits what Stefanski wants. I always thought he was a guy that if he had kept slipping in the draft, the Browns are probably going to take a flyer on. If he had fallen to, like, Sam Howell fifth-round territory that year, they probably would have tried to snag him up. I like him. I don't think he's a starter in the league. I think he is a very capable backup if he can develop into it. And honestly, the way I viewed it was you need to look beyond this year with Jacoby Brissett because he's on a one-year deal and you're betting. And the way I viewed it was you're betting Jacoby Brissett is one and done because when he's, when his contract's up and he plays, okay, he probably ain't going to be here. Like he's probably best suited. I'm just going to throw a team out there in Seattle. He would fit perfectly there if he plays solid and would mentor young QB and start a few games. Then you have Watson come in and then you have a Kellen Mond behind him. Who's young, who has some upside, who knows the system by then you picked him up on his contract because you claimed him off waivers. So now you have those years of control on him. So now you have time to develop Kellen Mon in what he could be, which I think is more so a backup in this league. And I mean, if he turns into that, I think he can be one of the more capable quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. Like I liked him out of AM too. I th- I found it interesting that he just did not look good in the same system in Minnesota. Now, obviously a whole new regime you've seen it the last couple of days, Minnesota and Vegas wiping out, you know, the mistakes of the past regimes um, on the final roster cuts. But yeah, Mond is an interesting one. Obviously Stefanski said they liked him in the pre-draft process as well. So um, I think they are looking three years down the road. Like they need a long-term backup and, behind Deshaun and another Watson. Thing, and another thing, when we say that Kellen Mond is, a guy who fits a certain style of offense. That doesn't mean he ran it in college. So Jimbo Fisher runs a more spread scheme. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, he needs time to adjust to a West coast system, but his skill set fits it. And I'd rather him sit and learn from, you know, Jacoby Brissett, who's helped out multiple QBs throughout his career, starting out in new England, learning how to teach and really being a great mentor to a lot of young QBs in this league. And then having the intelligence of Joshua Dobbs, who's picked up this offense very well mm-hmm. to earn the backup role. Now you put those two with him. I think Mon can pick it up in a year and surprise some people in, in a preseason next year as the legit number two behind Deshaun Watson. Yeah, for sure. I think that's one way to look about it. I think there's a lot of overreaction on social media about them picking up Mon, but I think like Barry's always looking three years ahead. 
Like he's he's worried he's worried mm-hmm. about this year, but he's always looking towards the future as well. Um, looking towards the future, Alex. You know, we're gonna talk draft. Um, you know, the Browns, you know, we got to get used to this. They don't have a first round pick. They didn't have one this year. They don't want one next year and they don't want to have the year after that. So when we're talking draft, it's going to be, I think, more difficult in these next couple of years because we're looking at a spot like this past year. We were talking about pick 44 and we're all talking about who are the Browns going to take? Well, we don't know. Now we're hoping that we're somewhere in the 45 to 64 range the next couple of years, because a, that means, Hey, the Browns are contending. They're still being a good football team. So it's definitely a different approach that we have to get used to because for 20 or so years, we were all worried about who are the Browns going to pick in the top 10 or even the number one pick a few years. So it's definitely a different approach than usual. Oh yeah. For me, I mean, I always start with who are the first round guys? Who do I have first round grades on to begin the year? Uh, My process starts there. And then I kind of let the other guys emerge. And so right now there's really no one to say we ideally on the Browns radar. I mean, number one, it's too early for us to know who's going to slip and fall, who's going to rise. I mean, that's the way you got to view it this time around. So it's been an adjustment for me to kind of like start targeting guys. You know, normally I know who I want, you know, guy that I would love is Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State. I know we have a ton of corners, but you can't have enough corners. I mean, that's a guy who I kept saying for what we're going for. Another Jordan Addison out of USC, the former pit wide receiver. I can't wait to see what he does in uh, Lincoln Riley's offense there. I think he's going to be great. They have players in this year's draft. And I mean, you know, Stansky loves his tight ends. There are a couple tight ends in this draft, too. There are some. And it's going to be interesting to see how everything goes. I mean, like, just pulling up a random mock draft today, SIR has two tight ends. More than likely, those tight ends are going to slip into the second round. Because unless if one of them is basically, you know, uh, Kyle Pitts, they're not going round one. They're just not. They're going early second, mid-second. So you're going to be in position to get one of those guys. Um, It's a very pass rusher QB and wide receiver deep class this year. I would say corners too. Uh, I mean, they have a couple of corners here as well. I mean, Kaylee or was it Kaylee or Kylie Ringo? I can never remember. Uh, Kelly Ringo, Kelly Ringo, Uh, Georgia. He's the one. He is type foot corner. Jordan, the 40 electric corner. I, I absolutely have him as top player on board. Uh, it, it's just too early for Browns fans to say, this is the guy I want. Because when you say that with a second round pick, yeah, more than likely they're either going to fall or they're going to rise. Like they're not staying there by the time we pick. First rounders are the only ones that tend to stay first rounders, even with middle of the road performance. Because if you do what's expected as, let's say, a cornerback and you're a second round corner, let's say you had a good year last year as a sophomore and you're a second round corner, but you have the same numbers again as a junior, you're going to be a first round pick because you're now consistent. So now you've shown production. So on that alone, it doesn't matter what your measurables are. You're going to be a first-round pick most likely. So for me to say, 
oh, there's a Tekawaii law. Well, great. Um, he probably ain't going to be there because with the defensive tackle, either they're going to blow it up and be amazing or they're going to suck and fall to the sixth round. Plain yeah, and simple. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like we're in it's September 1st today. Guys that we think could be first round picks could end up being third or fourth round picks by the end of the season. And guys that we yep. thought were fourth, third, fourth, fifth round picks could end up being first or second round picks. Like the process is still so early to determine who's going to be great and who's going to be ultimately like the free falling guys. I think was at this time last year, Spencer Rattler was the can't miss guy at the top of the, of the draft class because he was like this great quarterback prospect and, He's now in South Carolina trying to rebuild his stock. And it's just like he, he's he, I'll tell you right now how to sit on grade one QB elite arm strength. That's it. That's it. And I will say this for Browns fans wanting a defensive tackle. I'm just going to say this. There is an elite one and he, he ain't going to be there. He ain't going to be there. Like Jalen Carter. I wish we had the pick to go get him. That dude is, I hate to say it's an Indomitian Sioux type, but it's an Indomitian Sioux. Yeah, he's, Georgia is just legit. They're loaded, man. Right now. They, they, they might be the Bama scared. this decade, the way that they're loading. They just keep churning them out. Like Alabama's still obviously the top dog, but like Georgia's right there with them right now. Man, if only they had gotten Arch Manning. Damn. <laughs> Damn. So, so you mentioned D tackle. And when I look at the biggest needs on this roster right now, wide receiver and D tackle, which we've been saying all offseason leading into the season, it's still big needs on this team. I threw out offensive tackle just because Jed Wills is a question mark going into this year. Conklin's health is a question mark and he's a free agent after this year. So right tackle is obviously going to be a need unless Conklin gets back and is at all pro form. And I put edge four just because Clowney's on a one-year deal again. They did draft Alex Wright but and Isaiah Thomas late, but he's a project. Edge is still a desire, a big need on this team opposite Miles Garrett. Like, is there any other immediate needs on this roster outside of the four that I just mentioned to you? I wouldn't, mind our, I, would, I wouldn't mind our linebacker in the room. Because uh, Jacob Phillips mind, gives a question I wouldn't, mark. I wouldn't mind another tight end in the room, uh, not knowing what the future of Harrison Bryant might look like. Uh, so, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to those things uh, as well. I, I mean, again, team needs, we don't worry about that right now. We, we know what those are, the biggest glaring holes. I focus on defensive tackles for the Browns. I focus on wide receivers for the Browns. Those are the two I'm just like, I'm more focused and edge. If I mean, like, that's another thing I'm going to look at as well. Other than that, I'm not really focused at, for the Browns on anything else because maybe tackle, maybe center, but yeah. that's it. Like, I, I don't know what more um guard because batonio's getting getting up there in age yeah you could look at guard as well i think you could get someone in the middle rounds as well to yeah kind of fill that as long as bill with. callahan's here i would continue to like hey yeah 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 and that's probably what they plan on doing and you probably may have that already i mean you may have yeah. a guy in there already in the room ready to go so yeah there's no problems with it at all so like among those position groups and you can actually say anybody is there prospects that you are really high on but you're just like i want to see more early in the college season before i'm like for sure like these are my guys like these are my your 
clients per se that you always <laughs> like to bid every year? Um, I want to see how Jordan Addison does at USC. I mean, he won the Blicknoff award uh, and now he's transferring to USC to play with Caleb Williams. I really want to see if he's that good. Um, I mean, at wide receiver, man, I mean, they have some intriguing players. I mean, obviously we know Jackson Smith and Nick Jigba, but the guy everyone's talking about is Kayshawn. I can't pronounce it. I'm sorry. Boutte, I guess, or Boot, uh, out of SU. Other LS, there are two LS receivers, folks. That's again, one saying they, they just again, keep turning them out again. <laughs> he, he's got elite speed. I mean, this they, people have him over Smith Nickjipa right now. And when you watch, you see why he's more explosive. I just don't know. And the other one that they have is uh, Quint. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It, why do I mix up TCU and LSU because of the whole freaking well, it's TCU. But they do have others at LSU, too. Yeah. There probably is another one that's going to emerge. So you want to know what? I stick by it. There's another LSU wide receiver. I don't know what his name is yet, but damn it, he's going to be a third-round pick at least. I guarantee it. And we heard, and you heard it here first on the Dogland podcast. Yeah, I know. I don't know what his name is yet, but you want to know what? He's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> we're just we're, – we're throwing darts at the wall. Because you want to, none of them are going to stick come, you know, January when we talk about this in depth. Um, man, in, in terms of, I mean, I really do want to see the one guy, Jalen Carter, again. I want to see if he can do it again. If he is that good, prove it again. And if he lives up to that hype, I mean, defensive tackles at that level play are so rare. That's the guy I keep circling. I'm like, man, this guy could be legit game changing. Would somebody go top five for a defensive tackle? I don't know that answer. And right now they got a mock number three overall, the jets. And I'm like, I don't know if I do that, but okay. Show me more Jalen. Cause he had a great rotational group there. So now it's him. Now he's the guy. You don't have Jordan Davis or Devontae White anymore. You got to do it on your own, kid. Right. Good luck. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be fascinating, I think. And then this weekend, like, we got some major, major, major uh, matchups to start off the season. We got Georgia and Oregon, which is three versus 11. Utah yep. versus Florida, which Utah's seventh. Florida is not ranked. Obviously, it's a new start for them. Florida should be ranked. Watch that game. They're only it's three point spread. So obviously, you know, Vegas knows that Florida is going to be tough. And, you know, we'll see what Utah does coming off the Rose Bowl season. But and then of course, the big one that everybody's talking about, two versus five, Ohio State and Notre Dame Saturday night. We know the big players, obviously. All eyes are on C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith, and the Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. You obviously we talked about Georgia. When you look at the big games, Alex, who are guys that you're watching that you know people might not know except the draft pundits? Like you guys, I'll you'll mention their name, and then come Saturday, you're going to be like, Alex mentioned him. That's I get a guy to that talk about my. I get to talk about potentially the quarterback who could ruin C.J. Stroud becoming the number one pick in the draft. 
There okay. is one quarterback who I believe can jump him, and it's not Bryce Young. He is at Florida, and his name is Anthony Richardson. He is an experience, but he is one of the most, if not the most, physically gifted quarterback in this draft, and it ain't freaking close. I can attest to this, too, because I've watched him. Lamar Jackson, but can throw. And I and I'm just reading Bruce Feldman put him on his college football freaks list. And there are never quarterbacks on that list. Never. This kid is legit. He has the size. He has the arm. He has the athletic ability. This kid is going to be something special potentially. And there are going to be a lot of eyes on this kid. If he comes out, balls out, and wins that game, I will say this. He will jump Bryce Young at QB2 because now he's shown me something. He's playing a legit team, and he beats them. It depends on how he plays, how he looks against a legit team. But if he comes out, balls out, and looks like the part, I'm willing to put him number two. And the pressure is now on C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is very good. He is what you want in your prototypical quarterback. Just enough mobility, but he's more passing. And he's an elite passer. One of the best in this draft, if not the best. And now you put him in this situation where he's playing Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is no slouch either. Watch out for their tight end in there because they got one of the best tight ends in the country. They got a couple pass rushers there. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Uh, I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play against Ohio State. And I know Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle from Ohio State, is going to have a lot on his hands. He is going to have some pass rushers he's going to have to deal with. That's going to be the intriguing matchup of the game. Can Notre Dame get to the quarterback? If they do, it could be an interesting night. But Anthony Richardson's the guy. I mean, yeah. he is that guy who I know I can fall for. No quarterback has yet made me just, you know, salivate over their potential. Stroud has come the closest. Um, and there's also one other quarterback, Will Levis out of Kentucky. Yes, I said it. Kentucky. See, the Tim next Tim Couch, Couch is proud. Better than Tim Couch, I think. Better than Tim uh, Couch. I mean, Ooh. I, I, he's got a great arm. And yeah. He, he needs to get better with his accuracy, but the potentials there, the, the, the kid, I mean, he's helped rebuild that program. Those are quarterbacks. I always have an eye on. Did you bring a program back from the dead? He pretty much did at Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And he's on my radar for that reason. Kentucky's going to be no slouch team in this, in this season at all, either. The sec is really loaded. Yeah. Like 
really freaking loaded. And literally George's biggest weaknesses, they really don't have that flashy superstar quarterback. But they're flashy superstars everywhere else. It's basically Bama. It's basically Bama. Right. So um, have fun with it. Yeah. Um. So CJ Stroud, you mentioned he's your QB one right now. Yep. Um. Is there a gap between him and like how big's the gap between him and Bryce Young for you? That's a good question because I really love Bryce Young's mental makeup. Yeah. I mean, this kid is he is going to learn an offense like it's nothing. He is going to ha- he has anticipation. He's got the mindset of a leader. He takes everything in stride and just doesn't get freaking phased. There is something to be said for the quarterback who does that. And for me, it's closer than I think people think. It's more so what is the potential? That's the gap. Young, I think, is a starting top 10 quarterback in the league, potentially. Stroud, I think, could be top five. I think he has the potential with his arm strength, ability, you know, to move around and throw the ball deep and be on target. He has a chance to be a top five quarterback in the league. You know, right now I want to comp him to Justin Herbert, but I think that's too generous right now. I don't think he has the arm like Herbert, but I think he's as close to Herbert as you're going to get. And Bryce Young, again, I hate comping him with a guy like this. I say Russell Wilson. I mean, like, he's basically what I want Russell Wilson to be. You know, a little bit taller, has everything you want. The metal makeup is elite. And... God, he's he's just going to make a team so good. I mean, like, you don't even need him to be, like, the greatest quarterback ever. Even if he's a top-10 quarterback in the league, with the right team, he will win a Super Bowl because he's just that freaking dude under pressure. And, like, when you look at Stroud's game, like, what is his most glaring weakness that you want to see improvement on going into the season? I know people are not going to like this footwork. I think the footwork just needs a little bit more touching up. He tends to let some passes go because of it. And that's where the accuracy hurts him. But I mean, he's as polished of a QB as I've seen, you know, it's all there. It's just, and I would even add a little bit of the mental makeup. Like you did not see him respond well against Michigan in that environment. He was not responding well to pressure and the kind of pressure Michigan was putting on him. And that's the one thing, the one thing that kills almost every OSU quarterback when they get to the NFL. And I don't like using that all the time, but it's the reality. When you get to the NFL, you're going to a shitty team. They probably don't have an O-line and you're probably going to face great pass rushers. How do you handle when people sack you over and over again, Stroud made a valiant effort. I liked his, you know, bounce back in that game, but he just didn't have enough left and it took a toll on him. So what I want to see from him is in those moments, if there are any, 
That's a big question I have to ask. Will there really be that moment until the college football playoff for C.J. Stroud? Is it this weekend? I know it won't be against Michigan. Stop telling yourselves Michigan's a good team. They're not this year. They're going to suck. Um, it, it probably is this weekend. This is the biggest challenge the entire season. And he better not shit the bet on it because if he does, and I see the, the problems against pressure, that's a huge red flag to me. If it was any team, like, let's say, hypothetically, let's say it was the Browns that drafted him in a year. That's a great fit. He's on a team that's ready to win right now, just needs the guy at the helm and they can protect them. That's perfect. If not, well, tough shit. So Stroud needs to work on those two things because especially the pressure, like if he can't handle it and handle getting hit, I mean, Bo Callahan syndrome, just going to say it. Yeah. Now, there's always a good draft uh, draft day reference where you you put with these draft prospects. It's so funny that you know because, for a movie that some people said is not realistic. realistic because unrealistic as the trades were, the process behind it was accurate. Just like Moneyball, like the process behind that, accurate. Even trouble with the curve, the the scouting scenes are freaking accurate. Like these things do happen. So, so Jackson Smith and Jigba, like obviously Buckeye fans knew about him, you know, draft pundits knew he was good, but then the Rose bowl game, like really like blew him up because he put together like one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. People have him as a top 10 pick, but a couple weeks ago, it was actually like a week or two ago, Matt Miller tweeted, uh, while I do not agree with the sentiment, there is quite a bit of talk from NFL scouts that Smith and Jigba is a fringe round one prospect. He said, file that away as the season gets started. Like, Alex, from what you've watched about him, and obviously scouts say a lot of things during the draft uh, process that, you know, sometimes becomes true. Sometimes it's just complete nonsense discussion. But what do you see in Smith Najigba? Do you think he's a top 10 prospect? Do you think he's a little overhyped? Like, where do you see that scouts are seeing? What are scouts seeing there? Like, I I don't know what seeing is it. Like a polished and running. I mean, I don't know what it is because yeah, he was the best out of the three of them last year. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. Right. You know, he was best out of all three. And if those guys went like 10 and 12, what the heck are we doing here? Yeah. Like what kind of argument is this to have? He is a top 10 player on my board. I'd argue if it was the right team, he could go number one in the draft because he's that damn good. I don't see a freaking flaw with him other than I wish he was two inches taller. If he was two inches taller, he might be the next, if he was four inches, he's Randy Moss and he's going number one in this draft, but he's not six, four. He's just six foot. Are we really docking him for being six foot eight? I don't understand it. Uh, he is the number one wide receiver on the board. I don't expect that to change. There are some interesting prospects who I've said before. You can't go against what the tape shows you. He is an elite wide receiving prospect. 
and he has the explosiveness of Wilson and the smoothness of Olave. He is the best of both freaking worlds. Why the hell is he not a top five pick to some people is beyond me. I mean, he's he's outstanding. And you want to what the only other way I could see scouts saying this is, well, Wilson and Olave protected him. Okay, well, then we'll see. Because again, Ohio State, and I'm not coming across as a hater here. I'm saying the reality. The Big Ten freaking sucks. Who outside of every five years, a good Michigan team really can compete with Ohio State? Jack, answer that question. Outside of once every five years with Michigan, maybe once every five with Michigan State, but they're never in the same year. Who really even has the talent level to compete with Ohio State? Nobody. What kind of tape are you even going to be able to get out of this? I don't know. And how does that translate to the NFL? That's why I love the expansion of the Big Ten for everybody. And And it's only going to get bigger if you read the reports and rumors. I mean, well, I mean, if they expand the college football playoff to 15, which I, a thousand before, here's real quick because we're talking about college football because all the top high school prospects no 12 teams get in, not just the same four. So they're not going to backload themselves anymore at Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia mm-hmm. because in three years when they're starting finally, and maybe for the better they do that and develop, but still in the three years when they finally start, they're playing in the college football playoff and they're getting that publicity. Like, I just... I don't understand, you know, what you're supposed to get on any OSU player on tape other than how much the how bad the scale is, like how unbalanced the scale is. Yeah. Like it, it's completely at a different level. Michigan got them. That was great. And, you know, it was because it was snowing, it was cold. You know, Stroud did not come out good. And, you know, Hutchinson basically killed by himself. So, you know, it was a perfect storm. This year, Ohio State's going to murder them, improve. They're just going to run the table. I expect them to. Other than this weekend, I don't see a close game on here. And I'll say it for the millionth time. If they lose one Big Ten game, you're already on the fringe in terms of the college football playoff. I mean, you yeah. got to win this weekend, but you're on the fringe in my book because if you lose one of those games, they shouldn't be on your level and you shouldn't even be, they shouldn't even be in the same league as you. No. I mean, playing simple. I mean, Ohio like, State is like, they are up here. Michigan and Michigan State are like here and then everybody else is down because Penn State's regressing. Wisconsin's always been like right here. And then everybody else is below you. Like there's a big 10. And I'm just going to say, it's going to be inner. It, it'll be fun to watch the Ohio state USC championship games in a couple of years. Yeah. Cause it's, they're getting rid of the, they're getting rid of the divisions. Like it's just going to be yeah. whoever the best two teams are. So there's a good chance. Some Thank years. Thank God. Good chance. Some years we might see Ohio state, Michigan on Thanksgiving weekend. And then finally boom, see them again. Yeah. That's how it always should have been. Like that I got, is the way it should be. 
because you know how many times you could have had Michigan, Ohio State, and the sponsorships would have gone through the fucking route, you mm-hmm. fucking idiots in the Big Ten. But anyways. But it could be Ohio uh, State, Oregon, Ohio State, be. Washington, because but, and, and that's those where, teams and that's are in discussions where, to join. And that's where the with the 12 teams – you're not going to get this. I mean, you will get some of the same recruiting classes, but I don't think it's going to be every freaking year. Yeah, I just don't because there are going to be wide receivers that are going to say, you know, I could sit for three years at Ohio State and then play. Yeah. But I could go to Oregon and play by my second year at least. And get some Nike money. <laughs> and get some Nike money and beat Ohio State and look good. Yep. So I think that's going to even out the playing field, especially from a competitive balance standpoint. And even some may say, you want to know what Michigan needs a wide receiver and you know what? They're competitive. They go to the big 10 championship. They're right in that 12 team mix. Jordan brand. I'm going mean, go like, to go to positive. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're getting to a point, Alex, obviously the big Ten's expanding. The sec is expanding. We're heading towards those two conferences being the super conferences. There's talk about, you know, the power five, uh, disbranding themselves from the NCAA. Um, I'm we're dropping this on Saturday morning just because I'm gonna drop it before the uh before college football Saturday. Friday, they're supposed to be voting on the playoff expansion, which would come as early as 2024. So I'm like, hearing uh, it's gonna pass. It should. I mean, I'm hearing it's the, passing. The 14 playoff has been great, but we all know eight teams, 12 teams, 10 teams, whatever is going to be better. And with the super yes. conferences forming, I mean, like you might as well, yep. like the bowl games Just don't do it. embrace it. Like the Rose bowl will not have any, like it'll still be prestigious, but if USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington are coming to the big 10, like what's the point of the Rose bowl being Ohio or big 10 pack 12. Like there's no meaning yep. to that anymore. Like make it a yep. playoff game and, it, and the prestige will still be there. Yep. And that's what we do. So, so Real quick, because we mentioned some of the top guys, we did not talk Will Anderson. Like I was going to say, we have not talked he, about the number one player. On I was going to say, is he your number one player, number on, one the board? player on the board? Will Anderson? Um, it's not close. Like I'm looking at the mock draft database site, and it's he, Jalen Carter's the number one player. Bryce Young's two. Will Anderson's three. C.J. Stroud's four. Miles Murphy's five, and Jackson Smith and the Jigba's number six. Like that's the consensus board among like the 28 that is in their system. So. Like that tells you, like, well, you didn't talk Will Anderson, but we talked about the other like top six or seven guys around him. So that just tells you how already stacked this draft class has the potential to be. Yeah. So Will Anderson, I mean, dominated last year. He's the number one player on my board. I don't think it's even close. If you're asking for top five, I probably would put Stroud to um, Carter because of what he is and how good he is three Bryce no I put I put Jackson Smith in the Jigba four and I'm gonna cheat and do a 5A 5B with Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson out of Florida Richardson is just there's so much potential there that obviously Richardson's 5B because that can change as of this weekend he could be solidified as number five. He could be top five and go up to four. But man, I mean, like it's 
I don't think it's a debate. Will Anderson's number one on the board because pass rusher is so dominant in this league right now. And with the way he dominated at Bama last year, I mean, if he can even remotely do that again with his athlete, with his elite abilities, there's not really, it's more so who holds the number one pick. If it's like Atlanta, they could do it. They shouldn't. They should take Stroud or Richardson or Young, but I could see it if it's, I don't know, the Giants. Let's say it's the Giants. They're taking a quarterback. They're not taking Will Anderson. So that's kind of what this draft is going to be, is who holds the number one pick when this is all said and done? Do they need a quarterback? And if they don't, will a team either A, come up and get it, or B, Will they say, hey, we don't need to trade. We'll take Will Anderson be very, very happy. So that's that's how this draft is shaping up this year, where it's like it all depends on who holds number one. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to. This gonna... is where this is where I said in a worst case scenario, I would have run it back with Baker in or Jimmy G and just done everything to get that pick this year which fine, you got Watson, but still, this was why I kind of eyed this draft because I knew the top two were worth getting. I wasn't sure about three and four. The more I looked into it, Richardson and Levis just made so much sense. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's September 1st, so we got all don't. Though I don't think Browns fans are going to want, we're going to want another uh, Kentucky quarterback. Hmm. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, you don't want our Kentucky quarterback. But we don't have to worry about that because we don't have a first-round pick for a while. But No, uh, no, we don't. As we're wrapping up, the Browns brought in Jesse James for a uh, visit. No, no, We need a tight end three. No, he can't catch the ball. We don't need a catcher. We need a blocker. No, he can't do that either. (laughs) Not terrible. Yes, he is. Yeah, well, he was good for two seasons in Pittsburgh and just stunk up the joint in Detroit. The answer is absolutely not. Who outside of Barry Sanders, Matt Stafford, and Calvin Johnson didn't stink up the joint in Detroit? The Dominican Sue, too. Say touche. Ziggy Ansa? Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to wrap things up. Darius Slay? <laughs> what okay. the hell? Okay. There was other names. I mean, they're Chris tackle Spielman. right now. They're left tackle right now. Decker? Yeah, no. he's is it Decker? fine. Yeah. He's yeah. a bug guy. He's uh, a bug Rag- guy. No, no, no. Uh, the, the center, Frank. Ragnow. Uh, yeah, Ra- yeah, 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 Ragnow. Yeah. What, what are you talking about? Okay, Alex. I was being facetious when I said DeAndre that. DeAndre Swift, who's going to have a 1,000 rushing yards and a 1,000 receiving yards? I'll believe that when he stays healthy. Say touche. We'll Say- see. Say touche. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> well, Alex, thanks for the time, man. We will have you back yeah, on no throughout problem. the season. Um, obviously, you guys can check us out on the top dogs. Alex, tell people where we they can find you on Twitter. At the CLE Sports Guy. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jack McCurry08. And until next time, as we get ready, Carolina week next week. Hopefully, we we F Baker up. Because he ain't going to F us up, that's for sure. Uh, Until next time, Browns fans, as we get on out of here.
Go Browns. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.